It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. It's superlative day breaking down the Vikings and Twins rosters, including breakout player and most impactful rookies, plus around the NFL with our What Does It Mean segment. It's all coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Carol 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson covers the Twin City sports scene nonstop. Luke Inman is ready to put him on the hot seat. That's what you're going to do to me. Instant analysis. Yanked. Out you go. Post-game breakdowns and red hot takes. The Timberwolves need a stitch. Reggie and Luke give you a daily dose of Minnesota sports with superior sports talk. Part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Lockdown Sports Minnesota. It's your daily 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. Find us streaming now on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Look out for our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV, and on CARE 11. Thursday, Reg, one day closer to Week 5 in the NFL, and the Twins 2022 season officially in the books. Yep, it's all over, but you know, they got a chance to pop some bottles on the way out. So that's that's good, right? Yeah, they went out with a bang for sure, like we knew they would. Lots to get into, but first remember you gotta follow along in the Lockdown Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and on Twitter, give us a follow. It's at lockdown min. And remember, we're a podcast too, free and available, all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it, we got it. Tons of great choices over there too. You got the Ron Johnson show, you got the football party and more. It's your one-stop shop with endless Vikings talk with local experts. Do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and drop us a five-star review. All right. To football we go. Vikes take on the Chicago Bears this Sunday. Noon game, so we should see the A-plus version of Kirk Cousins. Remember, Vikes <laughs> are 3-5 and five versus the Bears since 2018, but they did sweep them last year with Justin Fields. He played one of those games, Andy Dalton the other. We're a quarter of the way through the 2022 season here, Red. So I wanted to bust out our awards and hand out some superlatives through these first four games. Let's just jump right into it here. Just give me the first player that comes to mind. Maybe a quick 15, 30 second reasoning why. Here we go. First one up, Vikings first quarter superlatives. Breakout player for the Vikings. Who you got? If you were asking me, which I think you just did, Luke. <laughs> I think I but... did. <laughs> How about that? I would go. I would go. Breakout player Christian Derisaw. You know he had a lot of uh, expectations coming into this year. People comparing him to Trent Williams out in San Francisco. And you know what? So far, so good. Great, not well in the pass game and the run game. And he is as advertised in the, uh, from the off season. So I'll go with Christian. I got a feeling this guy's going to be mentioned quite a few times during this segment. Yeah, Christian Derisaw is the correct answer. Absolute beast thus far. I didn't like all that preseason hype comparing him to Trent Williams, etc. Mm. 
But all she's done is dominate, man. Just taking a massive step forward in his sophomore year. And he's really been just the catalyst that's helped this offensive line become a foundation of the team. Not just the offense, the team. I mean, this mm -hmm. offensive line has kind of become the identity of this team, playing so well in the trenches. For the first time in probably over a decade, they've been able to say that. A unit that has not committed a single holding penalty against them. The only team in the NFL to do that thus far through four weeks. Everyone knows when you're building an offensive line from scratch, it always starts and stops with the left tackle, the blind side protector of your quarterback. He's been the number one tackle in the NFL in run block win rate, and it's just been an absolute stud. Best breakout player, hands down, has been Christian Derrissaw. Next one up, most underrated. Who's kind of flying under the radar here for the Vikes through these first well, four weeks? I feel like He's not underrated because we talk about him a lot, but just mm -hmm. as far as like getting his respect around the league, to me, it has to be Jordan Hicks. Like the dude mm -hmm. is just one of the most productive linebackers in the league. And he just doesn't get talked about, I feel like, like he should with the production level that he has. He's just a consummate pro, tackle machine, still a sideline to sideline guy out there being productive. But, you know, if you say, hey, who's one of the best linebackers in the league? I, I feel like people would not say him, but here in Minnesota, people are taking notice. Yeah, and it's funny, too, because he's been doing this his whole career. He puts up these 100-plus tackle seasons, always mm -hmm. gets his hands on the ball a few times, couple sacks in there, a couple interceptions, couple forced fumbles. And, yeah, you're right. He just kind of flies under the radar. We don't talk about Dalvin Tomlinson enough. Highest PFF oh, yeah. grade of the week versus the Saints with nearly a 90 grade, which is insane. They just don't hand out those kind of grades. Been an absolute just hog in the middle. He and Harrison Phillips kind of forming a great one-two punch right now. This defense mm -hmm. as a whole – Still figuring things out and what their identity is right now. But having two guys in the trenches like that is helping them kind of get by while they figure out Ed Donatel's defense. Dalvin, kind of an unsung hero and one of the few shining bright spots in this defense through four weeks thus far. Next one up, who needs to rebound? Like, who's the guy that maybe hasn't lived up to the expectations we set heading into the year? You're expecting a little bit more from moving forward. So this one's tough for me because I love this guy. And also, it's kind of unfair, but you asked me the question, so I have to answer. I'm going to go with Daniil Hunter. He had mm -hmm. the sack in the first week of the season, and then it's been a little quiet on that front. Great that he's continued to stay healthy. You hope that continues to be the case. But you are expecting this guy to just dominate, 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 Kenny. Like... <laughs> You're expecting more and more um, sacks from him. You know, by the time he was out last year, he was leading the team in sacks. And I'm like, look, that, that's been something that I have said throughout the last several weeks. I'm like, where is the pressure? Like, where, where are the sacks? This would be a good time to get a sack. And it's like, well, he and Zadarius Smith are the two guys that can really bring it. And I think I expect a little bit more from the edge department right now. No, I think it's fair. And my answer is on the other side of the ball. But for a lot of the same reasonings, we all know we got high expectations we have for this guy. So I have to keep him honest here. I got to hold him to these high standards that right now I just don't think he's played up to yet. He's been good. 
but he hasn't been the superstar game changer like we ask him to be for the workload, the attention he gets, and the contract they're paying him. It's Dalvin Cook. Very little mm. explosive plays from him thus far. He's kind of that boomer bust runner. He lives and dies on those explosive plays. I know he almost busted one versus the Saints. He got tripped up. Should have been a penalty. But nonetheless, it's hard to pay running backs big money like this in the NFL in today's day and age. And if you do so, you need results. His longest play of the season right now is 16 yards. He's only got 47 mm. receiving yards through four games. So he's averaging just over 10 yards receiving right now uh, per game. That's not great. He's only got one touchdown in four games. Plus, he had that killer fumble versus Detroit that almost cost him the game when he ran into his own player. I know he's dinged up. I know he's hurt. But if he's healthy enough to play and be out on the field, you got to keep under the same expectations. Otherwise, just let Madison jump in there while he gets healthy. A lot of money mm -hmm. they're paying him, and thus far just haven't seen the results, despite you know even the offensive line being much improved from what he's been used to during his career here in Minnesota. Best rookie, obviously we got to go with Ed Ingram because he's the only guy to start. So best rookie, maybe besides Ed Ingram. Who do you think? <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Ryan Wright. I love it. Like the special teams has been outstanding. And then you couple that with him throwing a pass on fourth down to another rookie, Jalen Naylor, last week. And you're like, what this dude, what can this dude not do? Like he it. is amazing. And you kind of understand how he won the the pun off, if you will during the mm -hmm. off season or, or during the, the preseason. And that's a guy that I, I mean, he's really the only other than like you said, Ed Ingram, he's really the only rookie that really has the reps or the production. You know, you, you cancel out Lewis scene just because, you know, now he's hurt and he only really had reps on special teams. But when you talk about those special teams reps, Ryan Wright is the dude for me because he goes out there and gets it done week in and week out. And, oh, yeah, he used to be a quarterback, so he can pass it. So you got to watch out for that, too. Punters are people, too, like Rich Eisen always Absolutely. loves to say. And that's a great one, man. Remember, that was a gutsy move to cut the veteran punter Jordan Berry and roll with the rookie. Mm -hmm. And all he's done, he's made Matt Daniels look like a genius. I'll go with the Caleb Evans. He's played the most, so just by default, I'll go with him. Brian Osamo mm -hmm. has been really good on special teams. I still think once he gets into some sub packages, he'll be, if nothing else, a lot of fun to watch. He's just so fast. But in the end, when this is all said and done by the end of the year, I still think Andrew Boot Jr. is the most talented. And if he can just stay healthy, I think he'll mm -hmm. be hands down the best of the bunch. Hopefully we'll see him suit up this week versus the Bears, by the way. Looks like he's ready to play. Next one up, comeback player. Who's a guy that's rebounded nicely from maybe last season's performance? You know, this is a tough one just because when you look at this team from top to bottom, there's really not a guy that you look at and you're like, oh, it's a comeback. And I know I used mm -hmm. this player before, but just by virtue of health, Daniil Hunter, mm -hmm. he's out there. Mm -hmm. He's out there playing. He's out there uh, getting pressure. And he's a guy that uh, offenses are, are having to account for each and every week. And so just by virtue of him being out there, the freaking – you know, Greek Adonis of a man mm -hmm. that he is, that's my comeback player just just by virtue of him being healthy enough, being available out there. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to tweak this one because you're right. Usually it goes to a player who was hurt, who then comes back. This guy just wasn't very good last year. Everyone wrote off Garrett Bradbury. Am I, am I wrong? Okay. I mean, everybody yeah. wrote that guy off. 
All he's done is prove us wrong, Reg. Eighth best yep. center in the NFL in run and pass block win rate. No holding mm-hmm. penalties. No, he's not a pro bowler. He's not that anchor in the middle. But he's been good enough and better than we thought. And I think playing next mm-hmm. to two guys like Ed Ingram and Ezra Cleveland certainly doesn't hurt either. But for right. me, comeback player, I'm giving it to Bradbury just because what he's done and compared to where he came from the last few years. Next one up. Most pivotal or impactful player? Like, who's been the most impactful or integral part of this team thus far? His name rhymes with Weston Wepperson. <laughs> of course, it's Justin Jefferson. Like, the dude is one of the best receivers in the game. You know, the last couple weeks, kind of quiet. But then he comes out in London, hitting the gritty, showing people why he is one of the best in the league. Against one of the best corners in the league. You know, he, he kind of, you know, Allen Iverson him, you know, if you look at his Instagram post to, mm-hmm. to Marshawn Lattimore as Tyron Lue. I don't understand why people hate Marshawn Lattimore so much, but re- receivers hate him. Like Mike Evans wants to fight him each yeah. and every time he sees him on the field. He must like say some stuff about like their mothers or, yeah. Getting in the or head. something yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. but it brought out the best in Justin Jefferson. And we know that this offense kind of goes as JJ goes and he's been out there, you know, doing this thing, the, the games where he has played well, he's well over a hundred yards, got a touchdown and he's, he's doing his thing. And last week they don't win that game without his production. So he has to be the most produ- uh, pivotal, impactful player to me. No, I'm with you. Usually this award is going to go to the quarterback like four out of five times, I feel like. But J.J. Mm -hmm. has bailed out Kirk and this offense and this team in two of their four games single-handedly. And, I mean, he's done all the heavy lifting, if you will, for them. You can say the Packers' defense was atrocious in week one. You can say Kirk had a perfect deep ball late in the game versus the Saints up the sideline. That's all true, but nobody puts... Marshawn Lattimore in a blender like Justin Jefferson did. Nobody strikes fear in opposing defenses and allows other guys like Thielen and KJ and and the running backs and Irv Smith to roam free like JJ does. Even when he's not getting the ball, he's influencing the game. I think Kirk is eventually probably going to win this war by season's end. He's going to keep getting better and better in this offense. But right now, I'm with you. I'm going with JJ, man. Stud, MVP of the team. Last one, the... Don't forget about me, guy. Like, who are we forgetting about? Who's not getting the attention maybe they should? Well, you um, brought it up, but look, Dalvin Tomlinson. Mm-hmm. He's just a guy. You know, the the problem with those, like, road grader guys is, like, you know, the guys along the offensive and defensive lines, like, you only really hear about them when they make a mistake or when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like you mentioned Garrett Bradbury when he's not, you know, blocking guys like he should. And he's, he's missing assignments and all that stuff. You're like, well, something's going on. You're mentioning his name. That's really the only reason why people know a lot of the offensive linemen and the defensive linemen. If you're not getting sacks, you're not really, you know, but you look at his, you look at Dalvin Tomlinson, I think it was 89.8 defensive mm-hmm. performance against the Saints per PFF. Like mm-hmm. the dude is just quietly getting it done. And you're not, you, you don't really hear about it because he's not a guy in there that's getting sacks or, you know, loading up with tackles or things like that. Like he's just out there getting it done. 
And if I had to do like a 1A or 1B thing, I would probably go Harrison Phillips as well because he's been super productive as a, a member of the Vikings so far. You know, Dalvin Tomlinson was at an 89.8. Well, you got Harrison Phillips rounding out the top five of defensive mm-hmm. performances by PFF with the 69.6. So, like, both of those two guys along that defensive front, just getting it done. Yeah, they've carried that front seven for sure. They're the reason Jordan Hicks is collecting 11 tackles and mm-hmm. and these linebackers are roaming free for sure. I'll go on the other side of the ball, but for the same reasoning, you just don't hear these guys' names called a lot. Darisaw's getting all the love, but can we please not forget about Brian O'Neill? Like, we do this mm-hmm. every year. Every year, he's just a rock over on the right side. Heading into the Saints game, he was the number one tackle in the league in pass block win rate. He gave up two mm-hmm. sacks, so he dipped a little bit. But heading into that game, he was just phenomenal. Absolute stuff never gets talked about I get it boring position you don't want to hear your name called but let's not forget about Brian O'Neill and the impact he's had on being the veteran leader of this vastly improved offensive line group the whole thing's just been really fun to watch when it comes to this Vikings offensive line through four weeks all right plenty more Vikings and NFL talk to get into next we're getting into some more superlatives handing out some more words with your Minnesota Twins whose 2022 season is in the books but first Vikings Super Bowl odds 8 Team to one now after that win last week versus the Saints. You can check those odds out and more with Bet Online. BetOnline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Stats, news, info, you want it, they got it. NFL, MLB. NBA, even MMA and UFC, BetOnline makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to BetOnline.net today to learn more. That's BetOnline.net. It's where the game starts. And remember, when you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron talk football every day on the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on Superior Sports Talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Lockdown Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast. Drop us a five-star review or Find our videos on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. And you can also find us streaming now on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. You got to look out and download our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found... Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life, homechef.com 
slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, to baseball we go. Cue the music. 2022 season in the books for your Minnesota Twins. They end with a 78 and 84 record. They finish 14 games back. Biggest way to summarize this season, Reg, what do you think? Unable to take advantage of a soft division. Really shot themselves in the foot so many times with late blown leads turning wins into losses. And of course, Who's getting who, man? Plethora of injuries that they dealt with didn't help things either. I mean, no Byron Buxton, just for example, the last month, month and a half. Yeah, I, I think when you look back at this season, you're just like, gosh, darn it, man. Yeah. Like, you just, I, I don't know how they even got here to the point where they finished the season under 500. Mm -hmm. This team was rocking and rolling, cooking with gas through the first what three four months of the season and then At all least, of a sudden yeah. like the bottom just fell out and you're just like how how did how did it end up like this i think i tweeted yesterday like the twins are just going out sad this season like that was just a sad way to go out at the end of the day the the lack of consistency with the bats the lack of consistency with the pitching and those injuries really just caught up to them. And it was really kind of shaping up to be a team that was kind of performing in spite of. You know, we had plenty of shows here where we talked about the injuries that they were dealing with, but they were finding a way to win in spite of. And sure enough, though, a lot of that stuff just catches up to a team. You can only overcome so many injuries. You can only overcome so many times where the bats just go quiet. And I think that was the biggest letdown. Like some of the guys that they expected to continue to anchor that that starting lineup in the uh, as far as the bats go, mm -hmm. they just go quiet. You know, any given time you have a game where you know Carlos Correa over four, or you know Gary Sanchez over three, and. These type of things really hurt you when it when it comes down to it, especially when you have these games that are one, two, three run games. It's like, well, like they're in striking distance, but they can't strike anything other than striking out. And so I think that's that was the tough part about what we saw this season from the twins. They just man, they flatline terribly. And they should be a team that we're talking about in the playoff mix right now. The fans wanted them to do something at the deadline. They made a couple moves to really try to, you know, put themselves over the top, and it didn't didn't matter. And I think that's the most disappointing part about how this season ended up. We're on episode, like, 106 of Superior Sports Talk, by the way. Pretty cool. Don't know if you knew that. But I remember hmm. it was one of our first episodes. It might have been our very first episode back in April. We were previewing the Twins. And I think we both sat here and said, smash the overs. It's going to be a lot. If they're going to win games, they're going to have to win them, you know, 9-7, to 10-8 yep, kind of thing. Yep. Turned out it was complete opposite. And I can't tell you how many times I, I looked back the next day at the box score and saw those one, two, three hitters just really struggle, like a combined one for 13 from Correa, Buxton, and Luis Arise. And obviously Arise, we're going to get to it here in a second, wins the batting title, phenomenal season. But for whatever reason, the guys they needed to count on to really carry them offensively just had a hard time staying consistent. And nobody really just stepped up and said, hey, 
I'm Carlos Correa. I'm going to be the leader of this team. Mm -hmm. Remember, Correa was never the leader of the Astros team. He was kind of that complimentary piece, a stud piece, but never had to be the guy. He comes over to Minnesota. He has to be the guy. Seems like he was kind of transitioning into that role a little bit and was hoping Byron Buxton and him could kind of play off each other. Buxton obviously hurt again, never really found a rhythm, found their footing. End of the year award, shall we? Let's find some positives here. Plenty to build off. Luisa Rides wins the batting title with a 314 average. He's the first twins to win the prestigious award since Joe Maurer back in 2009. He gets mm -hmm. our best batter award, obviously. But what about team MVP? Do you think he should win that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The most consistent, constant player that they've had is in the last, what, month? He's playing through a hamstring injury. Probably should have been on the injured yeah. list. And he's just out there battling last night. In his post-game speech, when you know they toasted it up in the uh, the clubhouse, he thanked the trainers, and mm -hmm. I understood that because they helped him be able to even get out there. I mean, he's smacking doubles, smacking singles, and he's hobbling the first base, hobbling you know into second with the double, and it's like you know I'm I know he's glad that the season has come to a close now because he's like, whew. Oh my God, Ooh, this was a lot. And now he can kind of rehab that hamstring and get back healthy like he needs to be. But like the grit from this guy to, to battle it out for something that he really, really wanted. He talked about it yesterday. This was something he really, really wanted and really didn't even have to play yesterday if he didn't want to because Judge conceded to him. But he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to, Go ahead and stick this double in here. Let's let's raise it up to 316 on my way out. Oh, you love it. You love to see it. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I think I said 314, 316. Thank you. Yeah, it feels like some people would say it's got to be him or Correa, but when you look at just the stats on paper, for me, it's not really that close. I mean, you know, Arise, just a special, magical season you don't see a lot. Fun to sit back and be able to look at this lone bright spot, the 2022 seasons. Fans can always look back on and remember. Pretty cool. How about the Twins' best pitcher, Cy Young Award? Like, who's the best pitcher of the bunch? Could be starters or relievers. Who you got? Well, the best pitcher to me would probably be Sonny Gray. Mm -hmm. I know he's had his stints on the injured list and all that, but, like, the dude, whenever he went out there, like, Rocco talked about it. The team just had confidence, like, all right, we'll be good. We got Sonny out there. It's always mm -hmm. Sonny in Minnesota. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I think he's just a guy that went out there, 8-5 and five record, 3.08 ERA. It was tough to pick between him and Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan had more strikeouts, and I think he was more largely available. But and more wins, 13, but eight losses. Yeah, 13 though, too. To, yeah, better. Pretty yeah, much the same 13 whip. 13 to, yep. to Sonny's eight. But started 24 games, 117 strikeouts. Like, the dude was out there battling. And I'm not sure, you know, what his future holds in Minnesota, but I would think that, you know, if they want to win next year, he would be a guy that they would, you know, consider a building block towards what they have going on next year. I certainly hope so, because that would form a great one-two punch, obviously. And then you had some other key pieces back into the mix. How about most likely to take a big step forward in 2023? Like, we've talked about that a lot this last month, specifically. A lot of young guys going on here. We don't know who's mm -hmm. going, who's staying, but who's going to take that next step and just turn into, like, that just a core piece of this roster? No, not a stud or a superstar yet, but just like a guy you can count on in the lineup, night in and night out. 
Oh, definitely, definitely Jose Miranda. Like, I think he showed mm -hmm. enough this year for us to say, oh, yeah, like, he's here. Like, he's arrived. And you look at it, the production that he had after getting sent down, and he comes back up after, what, a day because of the the injury to Lewis, and you're just like, all right, like, let's see what he's got. And I think he went out there and really played loose, played fast, and that was just something that that kind of propelled him to a great season down the stretch. Like, we saw some special moments with Jose Miranda this season, and I think he's here to stay. Yeah, he'd probably win the most improved player award, too. That was the next one. So we'll just by default hand it to him. Yeah, phenomenal season. Can't wait to see him next season and just his development and progression in the lineup. He's become really fun to watch. Twins 2023 season, hey, right around the corner. Before that, though, mm -hmm. there's plenty of MLB playoffs to get into. We'll be covering that. So be sure to check into Superior Sports Talk as Reggie and I break down all the MLB playoffs coming up. You got an early World Series prediction here, just top of your head. No explanation needed. I feel like the Dodgers uh, got to be in the mix here, right? Yeah, I was gonna say you have to you have to go with the Dodgers there. Um, although I think the the Braves, man, like they took over the Dodgers last year. Like you can't count the champs out. So I think mm -hmm. in the in the NL between those two teams, it should be something. And then as far as the American League goes, I guess you go Yankees mm -hmm. by default, but. You know, I, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be fun. But I, I do think that the the World Series champion comes out of the National League. I agree with that. All right, time has come for our what does it mean segment. Let's just jump right in. What does it mean? We're going around the NFL again today. Maybe the biggest storyline in the NFL thus far has been the superb quarterback play of guys like Geno Smith. Cooper Rush and even Jared Goff. Geno's got mm -hmm. the highest completion percentage in the league at well over 70%. Wow. I think it's at like 73%. Rush has gone undefeated for Dallas, and Goff is in the top five quarterback in multiple statistical categories. What does it mean when it comes to which quarterback has surprised you the most? So this is a weird one. You know, I watched Hard Knocks. Jared Goff had a great preseason great camp and he's kind of just gone forward in that that being said he has made some weird mistakes that have cost him you know some performances so he looks you know like a like an improved Jared Goff but he looks like Jared Goff mm -hmm. to me when when you say who has surprised you the most like look Cooper Rush came in last year against the Vikings and and played well but you're like okay he played well for a backup now, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, dang, like, this dude is playing well. Like, he might take Dak's job. Like, Jerry Jones is like, well, he can't – Dak can't grip the football yet, so we're just going to stick with Cooper. I'm like, I'm sure you're glad that he can't grip the football yet because you don't have yeah, why are you to smiling? make a decision. Yeah, well, you yeah. love it. He loves it. Yeah, it's like you're kind of waiting on the other shoe to drop with, with mm -hmm. Cooper Rush, but, like, it's not dropping. He's just going out there and balling out. But I think when you say which QB play has surprised you the most – the most, I think it has to be Geno Smith. They got rid of Russ and decided they were going to go with Geno kind of quietly because they were like, okay, is it going to be Drew Locke? Is it going to be Geno? They're like, no, it's going to be Geno. And all Geno has done is gone out there and balled out. Last week in Detroit, like the dude was out there throwing dimes. And Geno has always had this like, really, really super duper like confident approach in his game. 
And, you know, back in the past when you've seen his performances, you're like, why does he have so much kind of like, has he seen himself play? But it's just interesting, like, he's been a backup for, what, the last, what, seven, eight years or something like that? Mm-hmm. And he comes out there and he's balling out. And and you can see, like, the time that he's taken holding a clipboard has really kind of changed his game a little bit. He goes out there. He's not trying to make mistakes. But he's also going out there and, and letting it rip. It's something to be said about a guy who really doesn't have anything to prove or really doesn't have anything to lose. He's just out there playing loose. And this high completion percentage like that, he has better numbers than Russell Wilson through the first four weeks of the season. It's just like he's making Seattle look smart for doing what they did. Yeah, Cooper Rush, I mean, certainly he's gone out and made some plays, made some big-time throws. But of the three, probably the most game manager, got the best defense, Micah Parsons and Trevon Diggs he gets to play with. Jared Goff, great offensive line, maybe the best offensive line Mm -hmm. in the league, got a great running game and some good weapons. There's pieces there, but the most surprising, you're right, got to be Geno Smith. Leads the NFL with a 77.3 completion rate, highest in league history for any quarterback after four games in a season. He's just been by far the most surprising. And, and you mentioned it. He's playing better than Russell. And right now he's mm-hmm. playing like a top 10 quarterback. Maybe Pete Carroll knew something everybody else didn't. All right. That's a wrap today. Back tomorrow, breaking down more Vikings, NFL, and Twins. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. We're a podcast, too. Free and available, all platforms. Subscribe, drop us a five-star review, and find us streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. You got to look out. You got to download our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV. Check him out every night on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow. Signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.